0: You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. So I want to challenge you, if, uh, if there's anyone standing up here that you don't know, or you haven't introduced yourself to, that's your challenge for today. Go introduce yourself to some people, go get to know, if you went, oh, who's that? then uh, make sure today, not next week, not the week after today, that you introduce yourself, that you find out who they are. Welcome them in. Give them a hug. Don't be sorry. It's awesome. I love it. You good? How exciting. What a morning. Whew. I feel full. I feel like we could, like, stop. We could almost just stop here. We're not, I'm going to share something. We're not going to stop here. But we could almost just stop here. It's like, Flip, how do you move past... Worship like that. Just, that's 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 why we gather. Like, there is a lot of other stuff that we do, and we, we talk, and we can build, you know, outside. But these, this time together, and it's beautiful because, you know, it's like absence makes the heart go fonder. I don't know about you, but when we don't get to come together like this, and then we do, it's like... Oh, thank you, Jesus. But this is why, to stir one another on, to lift up, to minister to Jesus together, to bring all of our different gifts and see the multifaceted nature of, of who God's created us to be. It's amazing. So, so last, week, um, last week in our, you know, our, our two services that we had together, we began to look at the difference between um, being believers and being followers. Um, it's a challenge for us. You know, there's a difference between those who came to Jesus with their... With, uh, with their need, those who wanted to see what was happening in the crowds that gathered, and those who immediately left everything and followed him. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a difference between those two groups of people that we see in the scripture. Um, and uh, Gabby and I un- unpacked a little bit of that following thing in our midweek extra um, podcast during the week. So we have been doing like a live stream sort of thing, and I think that was helpful when it was... Uh, when we were in lockdown, we've actually made that a podcast, so you can just grab it and listen to it at any point. It's a little bit... Um, we're going to keep doing that. We're going to kind of go a bit deeper into some of the stuff that we're, that we're talking about on a Sunday. And so if you want a bit more, if you want a bit more meat in there, you know, go, go listen to that, learn, um, and subscribe so you get the updates of when they come out. And then it just reminds you and you can listen to it, and there's a lot of great stuff that we're going to be talking about. Um, so on this journey of discovering... Um, how can we be better at making disciples of Jesus? Uh, I, I don't think we're there yet. I, I, you know, a few people have asked me, you know, like, kind of what's the end? It's like, I don't fully know what the end is. I just know that God's called us to something and we're, we're walking in that. We're taking steps in it, but we, we have, we're not seeing the fullness of it. And we want to see more of the fullness of it. So we're growing and we're walking with him. And I feel like even um, there's an unboxing in a sense. At times, I think we want to, you know, we we get a box mentality. We want to kind of understand everything in a box. But God's other, God's bigger, God's ways are beyond our ways. And so it's almost like to to lay back and rest in his arms and just take one step at a time. As he steps, we step. As he steps, we step. But we want to learn this. We want to grow in this. And we're on this journey of saying, how, how can we become better at making disciples? How do we become followers of Jesus and not just believers? You know, we don't just want to talk about it. We want to, we want to be closer to him. We want to be following him, not just going through the motions. How how are we being disciples who make disciples? Are we being disciples who make disciples or are we just attending meetings? See, uh, disciple means learner. Somebody who puts into practice. It means one who, 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 who's learning from another. And often, you know, we, we can fall into the, the misconception that I'm a disciple of a person. But we're making, not to, it's not to be a disciple of me or a disciple of, of a specific leader. It's disciples of Jesus. Yeah. Can, can, can I maybe illustrate this for us with, say, maybe a couple of people. I need some helpers. Who wants to be my helper today? Um, come on. Ethan. And, okay, the, it's, a, it's the pillow clan. I need pillow helpers. I need two. Okay, so um, Caleb, can you, you can go down, down there? Ethan, you get to be Jesus in this um, in this example. Okay, so so you're here. It's the hair. It's yeah. it's the. I don't know if Jesus had a mullet, but I'm probably sure he had long hair. So you can stand here. You stand here. I'll stand. I needed a shorter. I needed a shorter person. <laughs> we need to be, You be Jesus. You go on the floor. <laughs> there we go. That works better. So often we think of discipleship like this, okay? Hey, Ethan, can I disciple you? And this is our thought that we have. This is Jesus. And so we think, okay, I need to hear something from Jesus. And then I get to tell it to Ethan. And then if Ethan wants to hear something from Jesus, he has to come to me. And then I go to, we think of it this way. But actually discipleship is more like this. You can turn around here. So, oh, you can look at Jesus. So it's, I have a, I'm here. I have a relationship with Jesus. If I'm going to disciple Ethan, it's not to become more like me or to come to me to hear. It's, hey, Ethan, this is Jesus. He wants to speak to you. He wants to be, you know, your, your all. He wants to, and you can speak directly to him. And then you, so it's, it's this sort of thing. We, alongside each other, pursuing Jesus, not sort of, I'm now in between you and Jesus. Let's give the pillow boys a hand. You guys are Awesome. We're called to be disciples of Jesus and make disciples of Jesus. And um, it's always disciples of Jesus, not disciples of ourselves. That's why Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But it's still about imitating Christ. It's not, not, you have to come to me. Um, The goal is that we're becoming more Christ-like. So discipleship is learning by putting into practice. I mean, all of us uh, should be doing that. We should be saying, I want to learn I wanna become more like Jesus by putting into practice what he said and what he does. I wanna become more like him. And I think we've made church too much about listening and not enough about doing and putting into practice. That's why Elodie reminded us that this gathering is the halftime. It's like the we come to encourage to be lifted up if you're if you're feeling uh, you know heavy laden, if you're feeling weary today, I pray you know, I hope that as we worship together and as we encourage one another, that you're lifted up and that you're filled up and that you're ready to get back out there and be part of the game. But that's that's what we're called to. Yeah. This is just a small part. This isn't the end. Yeah. This is the half the halftime. Discipleship is not, can I say a few things that it's not? It's not mentoring. Some of you guys might have like heard that sort of thing. The, the term mentoring is not in the Bible, and it has a different meaning than to be a disciple. Um, it's not accountability groups. It's not a program to fulfill. And can I say this? It's not where, if I'm going to, to, to disciple other people to become like Jesus, it's not where I find my identity. It might be where they find their identity in Christ, but I don't find my identity as, you know, now I'm a disciple or I'm a leader, or this now gives me... Purpose. There is purpose in it, but it's not who I am. I'm still a son, of, a son of the living God. I'm still part of God's family. That's where I get my identity. So, discipleship is being real and vulnerable and learning, you know, learning together to passionately pursue Jesus. And as we worship together, to say, you know, I want to worship with abandon. I want to glorify him. I want to minister to him, pursue him passionately. And if we're, but here's the thing if we're going to teach others to be disciples of Jesus, then we ourselves have to be disciples of Jesus. And so often we've got this weird concept that we kind of separate being a disciple and making disciples. It's like, oh, we have this idea, like, I've made it, and now I just kind of get to sit and other people have to do it. Just doesn't work like that in the kingdom. We never make it until we go to be with him and we're with him in glory. We're all called to be disciples and to make disciples. And if we're going to teach others to be disciples of Jesus, then we have to be doing it. We have to model what discipleship looks like. We have to model what following him looks like. I had a friend who, who led a church um, years ago, he used to always sit at the back. I said, "Don, why do you sit at the back? And he goes, oh, I want to see what's happening. I said, but how do you, how do you model for people? He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, how do you model what, like, how, what worship looks like? How Are you an example? I get like kind of being, you know, being, seeing what's going on. I said, but we're called to lead from the front. We're called to like, not to lord over, but to actually set an example. Yeah. Otherwise, if we expect people to do stuff that we're not doing... We're the classic example of a hypocrite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It's like, you do it, but I don't want to do it. That just doesn't, that's not kingdom. We have to show people what being a follower of Jesus looks like. So we're both called to, to make disciples, but also to be disciples ourselves. And what I want to do this morning is help us define the goal of discipleship so that we know what we're aiming at. And here's the thing. It's like um, discipleship is both for new believers and it's for us to grow in. It's like the two, two different, two tracks two rails on a train track. Yes. They're both going in the same direction. They're both needed. One is, you know, these things that I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you, I'm just going to give you four things, that, uh, simple things this morning, are both things that we can take brand new believers through yes. to see like they're foundational things, but they're also things that we grow in for the rest of our lives. Yeah, so it's not just, okay, tick the box, new believers, let's go, one, two, three, four. No, no, we keep growing in this. There's a, there's a, there's a, deeper, there's a deeper truth deeper truth. Um, as we grow in, grow in that, um, both at the same time simple foundations, but also lifelong pursuit. The first one is this What's the goal of discipleship? We're talking about discipleship, we're kind of unpacking that. The goal is to be established in the Word. Whether it's a new believer, we, we, yeah, we want them to, to, to understand, be able to read the Bible, understand the authority of the Word, that it's our standard for truth. But also, not just for a new believer, but also for all of us, that this is the standard for everything that we do in life. We never move away from that. It's not like we start there and then we move on to, to deeper theological understandings. No, no, it's always about the authority of the word. It's our standard for truth. It's the plumb line by which we measure everything. Our plumb line for truth, for belief, for how we live, for our worldview, our relationship with the Lord, um, who we are in Him, our identity, what we can expect, the authority that we walk in, and all of that, it comes back to this. Not our good ideas, or what we've seen around us, or what we think works in church, or what we think works out there. No, no, it always comes back. That's like, it's the starting point, because we have to, you know, when people first get saved, how do we teach them if they don't understand that we come back to... The authority of the word. It's God's revelation of himself. That when we, when we begin to understand how to read this and to study it, we actually get to know him more. If we're going to follow Jesus, then we have to know and obey the Bible. If we're going to help others become disciples of Jesus, we have to, uh, we have to um, uh, help them understand that the Bible is our standard for living. And we have to live according to that standard. We have to be able to read, understand, and obey the Word. You guys there? Yeah. People spend their whole, you might be thinking, but people spend their whole lives studying the Bible. They do. I've spent 39 years, uh, not, not 39, because I couldn't read when I was a baby, but um, I actually couldn't, to be honest, I actually couldn't read until I was a teenager. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was quite dyslexic, so um, i spent at least, I've, I've spent, least let's say, yeah, at least 10 years? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I spent at least thirty years trying to, to to study this, and yes, we do spend our whole life. But you know, how do we get established in the in the word? Does it take our whole lives? Yeah. Does it does it take fifty years? Um, nobody expects you to know the whole Bible straight away. It does, it does take time. There's a lot of pages, there's 66 books, there's a lot in there, there's lots of depth in there, um, but what we're talking about is the authority of the Bible and then responding to it as the Holy Spirit brings conviction. are saying, you know, I, I want my life to line up with this, and then so as we read it and as we study it, we respond to it. You don't have to know all of it from the very beginning, but you have to start somewhere. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, for the word of God, and that, that word is logos, it's, the, it's, this, it's this one, it's not the spoken word it's the written the word of God is living and active sharper than a two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow of discerning thoughts and intentions of the heart the bible is living and active it's life changing it's transform there's transformational power in this book it's not just reading a textbook When we read it and we allow the Holy Spirit to to speak to us and illuminate it, it transforms. It actually reveals our own hearts. Things that we didn't know were in our hearts. And we read it and we go, yeah, often we view the Bible, um, and James talks about this, um, unhelpfully as a window at which we judge others. We go, oh, well, you know, Louise isn't doing this. And we end up, it ends up being a window that we try and throw rocks out of at others. But James says that the Bible is actually a mirror. It's a mirror, a mirror. (laughs) Mirror, mirror. <laughs> How do you say it? Mirror. Whatever, mirror. <laughs> One of those mornings. It's so that we see ourselves. It reveals our own hearts. It, you know, actually, and every time you hear a preached, this morning, don't think about what the person sitting next to you or your spouse or your kids or whoever needs to hear. It's always, God, what are you saying to me? It's living and active. There's life-changing power if it's just a book, it wouldn't be banned in 52 countries of the world. Good. Wow. Good, 52. That's too, many. That's too many. So how do we get established in the Word? I mean, I think often we, we, you know, we take it for granted. We leave it, we, we leave it lying around. We, you know, we forget it. We don't really read it. We throw it around. In many places, they get it in bits and pieces because it has to be smuggled in. Like give me one book at a time and I'm going to memorize it because I know I'm not going to have it for very long. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a reverence because they realize the power in this and they, it's not available for everyone. Yeah. How do we get established in the Word? Establish, firstly, a regular reading and study habit. This is simple basics, but too often we don't do it. And then we, 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 we have the same problems again and again and again. And nobody can help you pass those points if we don't get the basic stuff down. This is why it's not just for new believers, it's for all of us. Regular study and reading. A habit. It takes, what, what 30 days to develop a habit? Something like that, four weeks? And so, you know, if you started today and you want to do it every day, then you're going to have to do it every day for the whole month of July yeah. for it to become a habit. Yeah. Secondly, make time every day to read and study the Bible so that it becomes a regular habit. Yeah, every day, not once a week, not every second day, not some, maybe once in the morning and sometimes at night, and if I get a chance in the, you know, at lunchtime or whatever. Just make a time that's the same time every day that you're going to read and study the Word. That's how we get established. Yeah. It's little bits. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. When you're like, what? How, how do you learn the whole word? You, you know, one, one verse, one chapter at a time. Yes. Yep. Break it down. You know, it's, there's, it's, this is a simple preach. This is not a profoundly deep preach today. This is a simple preach, but there is a profound depth to it if we'll do it. Yes, right. How do we get established in the word? Thirdly, take notes. It's sacred, but it's not too sacred that you can't write in it. I'm leaving that one alone. Write in it and then hand it down to your kids. My, uh, you know, I don't know if you can see this. My Bible is full of underlines, notes, stars, cross sections. And sometimes I've like I've, I've written so much stuff in it, uh, like it's hard to actually read what's there. And then I've got a. That's when you need to get a new Bible and go back to it, or you got another one. You know, I have a Bible I'm in upstairs in the office here that my, that is fully marked up that my dad used for 15 years. He had it recovered in like a leather cover because it had totally fallen apart, and he gave it to me. Like, Hold on to that. Mark up your Bible, then give it to your kids so they can see some of the revelation that came. And you know, it's that our Bible should look like this. It should look like they're starting to fall apart because we take them everywhere with us and we use them all the time. Establish a regular reading and study habit. Make time every day. Take notes. And thirdly, ask questions. How do we get established in that? Ask questions as you read it. Ask God to reveal himself. As you read it, ask God to reveal your heart. God, how do I know you? What do, you? what do you want to reveal to me of who you are through this? How do I know you more? God, what do you want to reveal to me of my heart that you want me to change, that, that you want to you know, affirm in me, or that you want me to, to deal with and, you know, and, and, and become more like you? Ask him to speak to you. God, what do you want to say to me as I read this? Again, this might sound overly simple, but I think often we, yeah, we do the verse of the day, we wake up in the morning, if you, if you do it, you read a thing, you go, oh yeah, cool, I don't really understand what that means, let's go, let's, go. let's get on with the day. Yeah. We don't pause for a second and say, God, who, what are you saying to me about who you are? What, are you saying, what do you want to say to me about my heart? What do you want to speak to me today? What do you want to encourage me with today? Ask him, fourthly, what he wants you to change. What do you want me to change every day? Because often we look at people who are further down the track as Christians than us. Maybe they've been walking with the Lord for 30 years or 40 years. And we go, wow, there's amazing people of faith. And I, I hear people joking when my dad comes and ministers. And they're like, oh, you know, Rastodi, And he's so wise. He's just been doing this every day. He's like a, he's a very simple creature of habit. He is wise. He is down the track. He is in his late 60s. And he's been walking with the Lord since he was a teenager. Yeah. But he's just done it every day. There wasn't, he's not a profound, he doesn't have these profound moments. He just, like, obeyed what God said. He's consistent. And that's how we get there. Not doing this, I mean, we could stop here today, but I've got a couple other things. Not doing this holds us back. It holds back so many uh, uh, Christians, so many believers from becoming followers. I mean, sit, like honestly, I've sat with people like year after year after year after year, and every time I sit with them, I'm like, "How are you going with the Bible?" Oh, yeah, and I'm not really reading it. I'm like, "Well, then, why are you coming to me? You waste my time." Honestly, why come to me if you're not going to actually go? I'm not. I'm not God. You need to go to God. You need to go to Him. You need to read the Bible. You, like it will transform you. Is that a revelation? I'm not God. Like I'm not God. Elodie's been saying it for years. We've got to move quickly through there. I knew I was going to get stuck on all these ones. Um, So what's the goal? What's the goal of discipleship being established in the Word? The second goal of discipleship is to be baptized in water. Can I read this? this So on a deeper level, So that that being baptized in water, for new believers, we want to actually get baptized. On a deeper level, it's it's this thing of following Jesus' example in everything. Mark sixteen sixteen says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Matthew twenty eight nineteen that we've been talking out of, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. The first thing he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Acts two thirty eight. Peter said to them, bless you. No, Peter didn't say bless you, but bless you. Um, Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's there's, there's some sort of connection here between even baptism in water and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Acts 22, verse 16. And why not, uh, sorry, and now, Acts 22, 16. And now, why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Baptism is not just an external demonstration. It's the first step in following Jesus. It's a public declaration that we've made Jesus your Lord and Savior, and that you're choosing to follow him. And the outworking of this for all of us as disciples is that we're following Jesus every day in every way. There is a supernatural power, I believe, that's released through our obedience. The old's buried with Jesus. We're raised a new creation with him. Um, There's something supernatural that happens, and it is a declaration out there, but it's this following Jesus thing. No matter what tradition you were brought up in, can I say this? There's actually nowhere in the Bible that it says somebody else can make the choice for you to follow Jesus. You can't be born into Christianity as a baby. You can be born into a family that follows Jesus and raised in the ways of God. But everything in the, in the, in the Word says that you have to make your own choice to follow Jesus. We don't inherit salvation through our family line. If you haven't been baptized, I want to invite you to be baptized. But I also want to invite you to follow Jesus every day in every way. If you haven't baptized, it's not, okay, that moment's done, tick the box, let's go. No, no, it's following all the time. Maybe maybe you were sprinkled or maybe you were baptized as a baby. But there's nowhere in the Bible that says our salvation is inherited or that someone else can choose Jesus for us. There is a choice that you have to make to say, I'm going to follow Jesus for myself. It's a choice that you have to make to personally say, "Jesus is my Lord and Savior," and I'm going to follow His example. That's the second goal. The third goal of discipleship is to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. There is this link between, yeah, you know, often in the Word we see they're baptized in water, they came up out of the water, and they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. The kind of there is times where it happens hand in hand. There's times where it doesn't. Can I say this? Baptism in water—you don't have to be baptized in water to be saved, because it actually is the guy on the cross next to Jesus. Who says, you know, oh Lord, and he says, today, but you'll be with me in paradise, and he dies. Yeah. He wasn't baptized, but Jesus says, I'm gonna see you in paradise. So it's not a salvation, it's a following, it's an obedience thing. Yeah. Then baptizing, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I say this? We cannot be followers of Jesus without a spirit. Amen. It's just absolutely impossible. You can try all you want, you will get frustrated, you'll get fed up. We have to be led by the Holy Spirit. We have to be empowered by the Spirit. We have to be continually being filled with the Spirit. Romans 8, verse 14. As many of you as are led by the Spirit, these are sons of God. Talk about sonship. We talk about daughtership. We talk about being part of the family of God. Well then we have to be led by a spirit. Ephesians 5:18. Do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Literally here it's be being filled. Present continuous imperative or command to keep being filled And you see it right throughout scripture. It wasn't just Acts 2.42 where the Holy Spirit was poured out. You see it again in Acts. You see it again and you see it again that they were filled again, that they were filled again, that they were refilled. We cannot be connected to Jesus, becoming like him, walking in what he's called us to without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. If you get nothing else today, get this and say, Holy Spirit, come and empower me. Come and fill me. Come and baptize me. It means to be fully immersed in him. Why is baptism in water by full immersion? Because we don't just get sprinkled with the Holy Spirit. We get fully immersed in Him, covered with Him, full to overflowing. That's why First John two verse twenty seven talks about the anointing that teaches us. We cannot become like Jesus and follow him without his spirit. John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And when he declares to you the things that are to come, he will declare to you the things that are to come. We have to trust the work and the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have to be filled. We have to be empowered. And we have to trust him. He's Lord. He's God. It's not separate. The three are one. This idea of, um, of the Trinity is very hard to grasp. It's one of the things that often um, people of other faiths get stuck on. But the three are one. God, the Father is God, Jesus is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. He's not a lesser God. We have to get to the point of entrusting people to the Holy Spirit. Entrust. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit that convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's not your job to bring conviction. Just think about that. Ponder on that one for a little while. I'll just leave it with you. The fourth one. Just for the sake of time, because it's been a big morning and I love it. And all these points are good and we might actually just unpack more of them over time. But the fourth goal, the the goal of discipleship, established in the word, baptized in water, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. Authority of the word, following Jesus with obedience, continually being filled. And the fourth one is added to church. They're added to community. We're added to other believers. 1 Peter 2 verse 5, you yourselves like living stones are being built up into a spiritual house. It's realizing that we're our best and we're our most healthy when we're part of the body and we're not on our own. Yeah. Do you have to be part of the body to be saved? No. But to be effective, to keep growing, to be who God has created you to be in the bigger sense, to, 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 to come and bring your gifts, to grow in them. Yes, of course. Hebrews 10 verse 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. Then it says, not neglecting the meeting together. That's what often preachers focus on. Not neglecting the meeting together. No, the first bit is, let us consider how to stir one another up. Why do we not neglect the meeting together? Because we all have something to bring to stir one another up to love and to good works. That's the point. He says, as is the habit of son, encourage one another. All the more as you see the day drawing near. The whole point of that is, is not just... It is not a scripture to be used to make you feel condemned so that you come to all the meetings. The whole point of this scripture is that you have something to bring every time we gather. Right. That God wants to use you. There's certain things that we can only learn and grow in and, uh, in the context of community. Yeah. He wants you to be in a in community where there's, where there's godly, God-ordained leadership. That, as Ephesians 4 says, want to equip you for the works of ministry who are, in a sense, uh, you know, can be a safety net so that you can risk as you step out. Yeah. So you can step out, and you know what? We all make mistakes, and sometimes we fall down, and sometimes we, we blow it. But there's people there to catch you. Yeah. So you don't fall, and then go, I'm not going to do that again for the next five years. But it's actually, no, we catch, we, we catch each other. And we get back up, and we try it again, and we grow, and we become more effective. Being built into a spiritual house for the display of His splendor. There's over 41 others in the New Testament and the one another's are the things that we miss if we only do church online. Yeah. They're the things that we miss if we only sort of listen to podcasts and tune into somebody else's thing. It's, it's not just, I mean, that is helpful. You know, there's times, and we've had to do that. Yeah. But we, we can't settle, and we can't stay in that place, because there's, there's all these one another's. Yeah. Love one another, encourage one another, build one another up, greet one another. I mean, there's, there's, there's heaps of it. Um, be patient, forgive one another, instruct one another, restore one another. Bear with one another, greet, accept, encourage, admonish, teach, Bible, it goes on and on and on. They don't happen unless you're with another. <laughs> Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one sharpens another. When we're added to church, we grow together and we help sharpen each other. We work out the one another's, we grow in our gifts We reach out. We multiply together. There's leadership that helps equip us, that catches us, helps us take risks. What's the the goal of discipleship? Established in the word, baptized in water, or committed to following Jesus' example. Baptized in the spirit. Led, empowered, and continually being reliant upon the spirit. Added to church. Building together. Bringing who I am. Growing in the gifts that God's placed in me. But using them... For the sake of others. If you believe the lie that following Jesus is just about you and Jesus, right now, today, God wants to shift something. It's not just about you and Jesus. It is, but there's so much more than that. He actually has placed so much inside of you. and, he's, and he's, 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 There's so much gifting and talent and resource and, uh, and anointing that he's put in you for the sake of others. Can we stand together? We're done. This is what we all need to grow in the Lord. It starts with us and then we help others. It's not I hear from God. It's let me help you hear from God for yourself. It's not you do something that I'm not willing to do. No, it's I'm pursuing Jesus wholeheartedly and I want you to pursue Jesus wholeheartedly. If I can help you in any way to pursue him with all that you are, then I wanted to be able to do that. I'm not your spiritual guide. I'm not your senior pastor. I am Matt Doty, who has the privilege in this season of leading the team that God's ordained to lead this church. And together, we are all ministers to Jesus and for Jesus. You are as capable as I am. But, you know, maybe you haven't had years of, being, of standing up and preaching in front of people. That's not what being, a, being a, a minister to the Lord is. All of us are disciple makers. All of us are called to help people become disciples of Jesus. And all of us need to be disciples of Jesus. Connected to him by his spirit, added to his body, following his example. The starting point of all of this is making him the Lord of your life. That's the door. That's the starting point. Before, I'm gonna pray for all of us because I think all of us have stuff we can respond to this morning, including myself. But if you're here today and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, he's calling you. He's calling you today. He's saying, don't go another day on your own. Don't do it on your own. Put me at the center. I want to be your Lord and Savior. I wanna set you free so that you can live for me. So we can, we can do this. You can follow me. If that's you, would you lift your hand up really high? Take a second before the rest of us respond. Oh. All right. For all of us, can we respond today? As I've been speaking this morning, if you've, if you've realized there's an area that you need to respond in, would you do that right now? Maybe you need to close your eyes so you're not distracted don't wait for another time. Don't wait for a, a, a later date. God's calling disciples who make disciples. Would you do business with him right now? Say, Lord, come, 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 and, come and set me free. Come and change my heart. Lord, I repent where I haven't seen that. Lord, I, you know, I, I want to step into it. Lord, would you fill me with your spirit? If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, would you ask him right now? Say, would you fill me right now with your Holy Spirit? We'd love to pray with you, but you don't need me to lay hands on you. I can it's one of the ways that, that, that baptism in the Holy Spirit happens. We will lay hands on you, but you don't need that. You can be baptized right now, right where you're standing. It starts right here in our hearts. Are we willing to respond and model what it means to be disciples of Jesus? Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that it is always only about you. And as we worship today, Lord, we glorified Jesus. We glorified you. Lord, your, your presence is in this place right now. Lord, we want to be disciples who make disciples. We want to pursue you passionately with all that we are. So we respond to you this morning. We respond to you. Lord, we want to follow you. We want to be obedient to to following you in every way. Every day, in every way. Lord, we just declare again our, our utter total dependence upon your presence. If your presence doesn't go with us, Lord, we don't want to go out. We don't want to do anything without your presence. We can't do anything without your presence. Even right now, I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill us afresh again. Lord, we open our hearts to you. Lord, those who are, who are asking right now, Lord, to be baptized in your spirit, would you come and baptize them? Immerse us in your spirit right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, and even as we've been able to welcome so many into our church family this morning, Lord, I pray that it wouldn't just be standing on a stage on a Sunday, but we would truly be added together to help each of us grow together to become more like you. Lord, I pray, Lord, Lord, that if there's any mindsets today that the, that the pastor, the leader, that the, the someone else who's more qualified is the one who ministers, and I just come to watch Lord, I pray, would you break that right now? Lord, would you break that right now? Lord, we are a priesthood of all believers. I thank you that each person, each person has something to give, something to minister. Lord, would you help us grow in those things? Help us become confident in it. Lord, help us realize that every, every day, in every way, we have something that you want us to give to others. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Help us to keep getting better. At being disciples who make disciples. In Jesus' name. We say amen together. Amen. 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 Give Jesus a hand. The challenge is not um, to hear a preach like this. The challenge is to go and do it. So let's go and do it. And even as we, uh, as we finish um, and as we have tea and coffee, encourage somebody. Use what God's put in you this morning to encourage somebody. Say hi to them, give them a hug, introduce yourself to a new person, share a word of encouragement, pray for somebody. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you want someone to pray with you right now, I'm just gonna ask, would you come to the front? We wanna pray for a fresh, empowering, for an infilling. You guys have an amazing week. Uh, enjoy the school holidays. If your kids are on school holidays and we will be back here next week. These awesome. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.